Well, good morning. Uh, if we have not had the pleasure of meeting, my name is Megan Maserol, and I serve here as the director of Serve Ministries. Uh, but this morning, it is my honor and privilege to get to come around God's Word with you. And today, uh, we are continuing in the book of Jonah, and we are picking up in Jonah 1, verse 17, and we're going to go all the way through chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, I would love for you to turn there with me. Uh, if not, the scripture is going to be on the screen behind me. And now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the deep of the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the sea, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me, seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down, the earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Let's pray. Well, God, we are we're grateful. We're grateful for the opportunity to get to connect together as a body. And God, we're just grateful for the gift of today. Because each day that you give us, Lord, is an opportunity for us to give you glory with our lives. And I pray that we would always see each day as so. And God, I pray in, 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 the, in, in the stillness of this moment that we would just surrender any distraction Surrender any uh, temptation to be lured to thinking about anything else. So that, God, this part of our worship would be a sweet offering to you as our minds and hearts are open and ready to receive whatever it is you have for us today. God, we love you. And, and we trust you, and we ask that you would use this time mightily and powerfully, and we pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 
the arts are deeply impactful to me uh, in my connection to, to the world. I can't tell you the number of times that I have been moved by a catchy song lyric or just the beautiful strings of a violin or watching awe-striking acting, creative, intelligent writing, story development, character development, plot lines, you name it. Um, I love watching creatives be creative. Because I believe that art at its purest, at its purest, purest form is an overflow. That we as the created reflect our creator when we're creative. That we as the created reflect our creator when we're creative. I think in its purest sense, that's what's happening. And, and in my most recent experience, uh, creativity at its peak performance of being engaging, awe-inspiring, unique, all of the positive adjectives that I could use to describe. Um, in my most recent experience, creativity being on display at that level is displayed through Hamilton, the musical. And now let me tell you, I heard that, Zach. Now let me tell you, if you do not know uh, Hamilton the musical, first off, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> um, but second, uh, Hamilton the musical, it is a hip-hop and rap style musical that is two and a half hours of straight singing about Alexander Hamilton and the founding of our country. Listen, on paper, none of that makes sense, and none of that should work, but I'm telling you, it does, okay? And, and if you don't believe me, don't just take my word for it, um, but the year that, that Hamilton came on Broadway, came on the scene, that year it was nominated for a record-breaking 16 Tony Awards. And for like the sports people in the room, that's like the Super Bowl, of the arts, okay? 16 Tony Awards. Uh, it won a Grammy for the best musical theater album and a Pulitzer Prize for drama. And I, I personally, had my Hamilton watching experience because of Disney Plus on July 3rd, 2020, when it came available on a streaming service. And if you can't already tell, I might have liked it. I might have enjoyed it. Um, and, and when I find myself enjoying something, anything at all, I'm a pretty firm believer that we can only love or appreciate something to the fold of our knowledge. And so when, when I find myself in love, especially with like a piece of art, I kind of go on this deep dive to know everything I can about it to understand the creative process of what led to now this, this art that I really love. And so in that, 
seeking to understand all the things about Hamilton, I bought this book that walked me through song by song um, and told me way more than I ever needed to know, but I was really happy about it. And, and I was pretty... I was, I was pretty awestruck at this kind of peek behind the curtain moment that I was getting um, as, as this book was walking me through the ups and downs, the, the failures, the disappointments, the um, achievements all in between of what went on to make this show possible. And I was dumbfounded by facts like one of the most iconic songs took over a year to write. And that one of the other songs was written entirely on a subway ride coming home from a friend's party. And that the show entirely took over seven years to write. This this book and kind of learning more uh, about the making of this musical was was a beautiful reminder to me. It was... It served as a reminder to me that every beautiful thing is a process. That that Hamilton didn't just become Hamilton overnight. It was a journey. It was a process to become this really beautiful piece of art. And as Zach mentioned last week, we are walking through together uh, the book of Jonah. And, and I believe that as we're walking through this book of Jonah together for the next few weeks, we too are kind of getting this peek behind the curtain moment. We're getting this, this peek behind the curtain moment of, of Jonah's, the prophet's process and journey in learning how to be obedient to God to save Nineveh. And, and, and it's interesting because Jonah, as a prophet, uh, were far less focused in this book or in this story on the actual message that he's going to use or to say to Nineveh. We're far less focused on that. And we're far more focused on the wrestling in the journey and the process that he's on as, as he's trying to follow God. We're seeing his ups and downs and his toil um, and focusing on that way more than the normative task at hand for a prophet, which is to go and deliver a message to people from God. And, and where we pick up today in Jonah's journey is Inside the belly of a fish. Gross. And, and Jonah found himself there because, well, he was trying to get away from the Lord. <laughs> Flee from the Lord's face is how it, it's best translated from the original text. And, and, and Jonah is, is, didn't want to be a messenger of warning and mercy to his enemies, the Ninevites. And so what did he do? He got on a boat and went the exact opposite direction to try to get away from having to do this. And while on this boat, uh, things get a little rowdy. Uh, There's a storm that's happening. The sea is raging. Chaos has ensued. 
And, and out of desperation, the sailors on the boat, at Jonah's request, throw him into the sea, hoping and believing that what Jonah said in chapter 1 is true, that if they were to hurl him into the sea, that the sea would calm. Well, they did, and it was. They hurled Jonah into the sea, and the storm was calm. And what's wild about this is that this should have been certain death for Jonah. Certain death for Jonah being thrown in to the raging chaotic sea in the storm that was at play. Yet God provided a saving submarine, if you will. What should have been Jonah's last attempt to flee from God's face in kind of this death dive into the sea actually brought him face to face with an even deeper reality. God's audacious mercy. God's audacious mercy. God spares Jonah's life while he is literally fleeing from being a part of saving others. And it moves Jonah. It moves him. And we, we see evidence of, of this movement in his heart and in his spirit in, in some of these verses here in his prayer. In verses 2, 5, and 6, he says, In my distress I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountain, I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. We see in this, Jonah is crying out in distress and, and is seeing the, the belly of this fish as a vehicle of saving and mercy. We see him recognize this. This is beautiful. It's beautiful watching, watching his heart recognize how God is being merciful in saving him. But what's also true about Jonah's heart posture is also displayed in, in these verses, in a couple of verses. Like in verses 3 and 4. It says, You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the sea, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. Now listen, I don't know about any of you, but when I read those verses, uh, I think like my heart starts to accelerate, my blood pressure kind of starts to rise a little bit. Uh, because I want to be like, Jonah, God did not banish you 
from his sight. You were the one literally fleeing from his. It was you. You ran away, not God. God didn't banish you. Come on. And, and the only reason you were in this storm in the first place is because you went the opposite direction of where God asked you to go. Come on. Come on, man. And then in verses 8 and 9, Jonah even has the gall to say that those people who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of gratitude, will sacrifice to you. He says, those people who cling to worthless idols turn away from the love of the Lord. When Jonah was literally holding on, clutching the idol of pride and turning away from being used as a vehicle of love to Nineveh. And, and, and even deeper, he, he seems to be expressing that he thinks idolatry puts you outside of being able to receive God's grace. In, in this language of saying, but I, but I'm doing this, I with shouts of praise, can communicate to us that he thinks he can earn a, he can play a part in earning God's grace back. So, so goodness, what, what like we're seeing here in, in Jonah's prayer is while he never really truly repents, he does recognize that God is saving him. And he does recognize that salvation comes from the Lord. And, and, he, and he says, God, thank you for, for not abandoning me. And, and at the end of, end of his prayer, he makes a vow to God uh, that he will never disobey him again. That from this point on, he's going to get it right. And what is God's response? He spits him out onto dry land. I love that. I love that. It, it's like God is saying, okay, you made this vow. Let's go. I'm ready to use you. Come on, let's see, let's see that obedience. I, I'm still wanting to use you to be a part of my plan. Jonah's misunderstanding of God and his grace does not preclude him from receiving and being a minister of God and his grace. He gets it, right? But he doesn't. He's on a journey and a process with God. Even though he misunderstood God and his grace, Jonah did recognize where the source of grace comes from. And, and his misunderstanding didn't keep him from receiving grace or being used as a messenger of that grace, of which he didn't fully get. 
it, it reminds me that if, if the faith of a mustard seed can move mountains, they can move you and me and Jonah. A mustard seed is maybe like two millimeters in size. It's tiny. But the brush of a mustard plant, once that seed has grown into a mustard plant, that plant can grow up to 30 feet high. And, and, and the size, the beginning of the seed, does not determine the size and the height to which the mustard plant will grow. And while in, in the scriptures, we don't get the luxury of getting the full picture of the height of Jonah's plant, right? The height of Jonah's journey with God. While we don't get the luxury of seeing his whole life, what we can clearly see in the book of Jonah, in these scriptures today, is that he is in a growing process with God. And honestly, we are meeting Jonah in a part of his life that is not shining the light on him being a hero or him being the hero of the story. But we're being reminded that God always is. That God's always the hero of the story. God's patience is lavished over Jonah as Jonah is working through learning how to walk in obedience with God and do really hard things like love your enemies. I remember growing up in, in church, I would hear stories um, all the time about the Israelites, God's chosen people, the Israelites, Israelites this, Israelites that. And I, I eventually caught on to what I kind of described as this hamster wheel effect that was happening with the Israelites, where they were God's chosen people, and God was faithful to them, and they were excited about God's faithfulness, and then they would forget God's faithfulness, and they would mess up something and face the consequences, and then God was merciful and still faithful, and they were excited again. And so on and so forth, the cycle repeats. And man, as a, as a kid, hearing this and growing up, I got fed up with the Israelites. I was like, how can y'all not get this together? How many times does God have to show himself faithful over and over and over again for you to get it and, and to not turn away from him? And one day in youth group, I'll never forget it, it we, we were learning again about the Israelites, a story about them, and it just overwhelmingly hit me like a ton of bricks. That I'm the Israelites. I am Jonah. I, too, have, have gone astray and have been, have been unfaithful to the Lord and disobedient to the Lord. But God, right? Hallelujah. Grace and mercy isn't fair 
until you need it. Then it's radical. Then it's radical. This story of Jonah in so many ways gets to be a bit of a mirror for us, friends. That kind of reflects some of the hardest part of, of our character. And it's kind of magnified for us to see. <laughs> Aren't you glad that God loves his enemies and puts up with the Jonah in all of us? Jonah reminds us of the wideness of God's mercy and grace. And, and I believe that that should challenge us to the core in, in, a couple, in a couple of ways. One, while God's mercy does not permit us to sin in disobedience, our sin in disobedience does not indefinitely eliminate us from being recipients and messengers of God's grace and mercy because of God's grace and mercy. God's mercy is not a license to sin, but it's a grace to live, to receive and be a messenger of what we have been given. Second thing, we should have the humility to recognize that we are and will always be in process. And with that same lens, we need to look out into the world, into people around us, and recognize that they too are on their own timeline and process and journey with God. And friends, please don't miss this when I say this because I, I really mean it. Please do not use the mercy and the grace that you have been given and turn around and use that as a vehicle or weapon of pride to others. Don't do it. Don't do it. Number three. God can and will use us even when we don't fully get it. Because the truth is, we, we never will fully get it. That's why Jesus had to come, right? Because on our own, our perfect performance or our perfect understanding of how to receive and be God's love to the world it was never possible for us to fully get all of this right on our own. So if you find yourself in process, don't count yourself out from being used by God. If anything, take heart that that's actually part of the job description. <laughs> it's part of it. And lastly, God is the hero of the story. Always. Always. On your worst days with him 
and your best days with him. God is the hero of the story, and he alone gets the glory. Friends, my prayer is that may this part of Jonah's life and story forever be an Ebenezer of remembrance for us of the radical grace and undeserved mercy that we've been given. And so, though we may stumble through this process of learning how to walk in obedience with God, may we hold fast to the confidence that we are being held by the hero of all of our stories. So let's not throw away our shot. (laughs) Let's pray. Well, God, you are so audaciously merciful to us. You love us with a love that we will spend our whole lives trying to fully comprehend and understand. And God, I'm grateful and I'm thankful that we can rest in knowing that day by day, step by step, we are in a process with you. And, And you're radically patient with us. And God, I pray that rather than that truth making us kick back and relax and and, and just not worry about following you, I pray that that truth would actually make us fall more in love with you and lean in so much deeper. Because we're believing that the life that you've promised us and provided for us, if we walk in obedience with you, is better than we could ever muster up for ourselves. God, would you continue to teach us and shape us by your love, your mercy, and your grace. And may we go out walking, stumbling some as both recipients and messengers of that love and grace and mercy to the world. God, thank you for for using us in spite of us. And thank you that somehow, even though you don't need us for your mission to the world, that you invite us to be a part of it. And God, may we be people that would be surrendered to be loved and used by you. so good to us. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray all of this.